0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here, and I'm going to be doing a mini-review on the 2011 film The Skin I Live In. This was written and directed by Pedro Almodovar and stars Antonio Banderas, Elena Anaya, and Marisa Paredes. Now, I am... Relatively new to Almodovar's films, he's uh, an acclaimed Spanish director, and he's probably the most respected Spanish director of the last 50 years or so um, since he burst onto the scene in the early 90s. And I honestly was pretty late to the game with his films. I had seen a couple of his films years ago, and then I don't know what forever reason, I haven't watched many of his recent films until um, this year, where I, I I watched his entire filmography in the month of February. And all I can say is the guy is amazing. and His films are really remarkable. They're truly original and unique. Uh, he has a great flair for visual style and color, as well as he is an excellent writer of character. Uh, his his films work because of the, the characters. The, they're all character pieces. Some of them are ensembles. Some of them focus on one or two people. But they're all really well-crafted uh, people. They feel... Very authentic to reality. And also, he tackles all sorts of people from all all realms of life. Uh, and I think that now that I've seen all of his films, he is absolutely one of my favorite working directors currently. He's really terrific. So if you haven't seen any of Almodovar's films, I highly suggest you check them out because they're really, really something special. Some of my favorites of his are Pain and Glory, uh, which was his most recent one, Talk to Her... Uh, Woman on the Verge of a, nervi- of a Nervous Breakdown, All About My Mother, and then this one, The Skin I Live In, which might be my favorite because of how... Oh, in Parallel Mothers, which came out um, two years ago. And Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz are, are regular collaborators with him. I believe he discovered both actors because um, I, in one of his early films, it's uh, Talk to Her. I be- No, Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Uh, Antonio has a very minor role in the film and he's super young. So I think that might have been one of his biggest roles up to that point. And then with Penelope Cruz, I believe he discovered her in their earliest collaborations together. So two icons of both American and Spanish cinema um, brought about because Almodovar saw their potential and has made incredible uh, collaborations with them. Now this film in particular is a leading role by for Antonio Banderas as well as uh, a strong supporting role by Elena Anaya, and a, a, a minor role for uh, uh, Jan Cornett. Now, this film, it's extremely successful. It has a $30 million box office on a very small budget. Um, that's great for a Spanish film. They don't have the giant the giant American market out there, so uh, $30 million is very respectable. It's got really good reviews. Not great, though, surprisingly, as an 81% Rotten Tomato score and an 84% audience score, so it's pretty much on the mark with both audiences and critics. It has a 7.6 on IMDb and a 70% Metacritic score. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. I think it's absolutely sensational. Uh, really, really shocking. Um, terrifying. Intriguing. Mysterious. Uh, surprising. Funny at times. Uh, very dark humor, though. You have to have that kind of taste. And just, I've never seen anything like it before. In this movie, it has... Um, a very big twist. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the film without revealing the twist, uh, without spoiling what it is, because that will ruin your experience. And um, if you haven't seen this film, I think you should add it to your watch list. So the film is about uh, Antonio Banderas's character, who is a, su- a surgeon who's um, experimenting uh, in the development of uh, man-made skin, artificial skin, that can pass as it's it's natural. It, it comes from the cells of um, real skin, and he's developing. The, he's trying to develop this new skin technology that is nearly impervious to all sorts of heat, um, resistant to you know insect bites. So uh, it's, he's trying to look towards the future of making our skin uh, more impenetrable and more um, more resistant to the outside forces of nature, uh, and also to prevent injury. And so he's been researching this for for many years, although he's begun using a a, a kind of treatment that is illegal, um, some some kind of skin grafting. And so he's basically working privately in his own residence. Nobody really knows what he's doing. They see his work and his results, but he's basically lying about how he's achieving these miraculous results because he's using illegal and frowned-upon means of research, which is if anyone found out he was doing this, they would cut his research grant immediately. And then he'd just basically be screwed. And so uh, this name, the Antonio's character's name is uh, Robert Lagarde. And then uh, he goes through a series of circumstances, especially with his daughter, who's um, mentally ill. Um, and he's been trying for years to uh, bring her back into society, um, get her to, uh, she's been working towards integrating with other people, becoming a Able to socialize with others, although it's very difficult for her. And then there's a couple other characters. So this this film starts out; it's very mysterious because uh, Robert has a beautiful home. He's a, a respected surgeon and medical researcher, as I said before. But he seems to he has this woman locked in his house. Now, this woman, her name is Vera, and it's we don't know why she's locked in his house, but she's she's been held up in this room. Um, he's got cameras set up in this room. She has a weird like onesie on a skin a skin toned onesie and we just don't know anything about her she's she's very beautiful um she seems to have a lot of intelligence behind her eyes like when in these instances in these scenes that we see of her very quickly you can tell that in a way she doesn't want to be there, but it's like it's almost as if she needs to be there we're and we're we're kind of like left up like like you can't help but ask like what the hell is going on because there are signs that she wants to leave but then there are also signs that she's trying to stay as well so we're just like confused and like extremely intrigued and very interested in what exactly is going on in Robert's house and uh, Elena Anaya the actress who plays Vera she's terrific she's uh, she steals every scene she's in. She's the emotional pull of the story, and who the audience connects with most of all. Because Robert Antonio Banderas' character, he is basically a sociopath, and he has uh, he's basically like a a deranged doctor. One of the characters, his na- his um, housekeeper, calls him a mad doctor, like a mad scientist, because that's what he is. And I'll explain why in a little bit. And so that's basically the setup of the story, um, the first act. Surgeon uh, Robert, and then he's got this woman trapped and locked in this in this room in his home, and he also he watches her on on his security cameras that he has in her room. It's just all very strange, but like so interesting. You're like, I need to find out how she got there, why she's there, why he's obsessed with her, and what exactly the story is. So it's Almodovar hooks you so well into the story, and a lot of his films. I would say nearly all of them. There's a couple that don't work this way, but most of them, they bounce around times like a Tarantino style. So he'll have scenes that like set up the story and then he'll have scenes that flash back to certain characters and certain moments that give us more context to what's going on, who these people are. But it's not like a cheesy way of like flashing back to like someone's death or like flashing back to like a car accident or some tragedy. He's more, he's more so flashing back to uh, understand who these people, people are what their motivations for whatever they're doing in the in the current timeline and also what i like about his filmmaking too is his movies generally take place over long periods of time um and this one is no different where it'll be like uh you'll have like 20 minutes of us of of the film where it's like a day and then it will cut to like four months later and then we get the next bit of the story and it it allows him to make these like epic in scope stories uh, because some of his films, the stories are they take a while to progress. So I like how he he told, he's not afraid to just jump up and be like, "Yo, here's four months later. Here's what's, what you didn't need to know anything that happened between this. We need to get to six months later." So I like how he's not afraid to bounce around time and jump forward in time because it's necessary to the to, to the way he lays out his stories. So and if you watch his films, you understand what I'm talking about. It's actually very rarely done these days to to regularly jump forward that far in time but it really works the way he writes his films now this film um beautiful production design great sets great costuming uh excellent story uh terrific cinematography i think it's his i think samodovar's best looking film i think he might it might be his biggest budget too And, and and antonio is really astounding. He was nominated for an Oscar in Almodovar's film Pain and Glory a few years ago and he's it's pretty rare for foreign actors to get nominated for Oscars. I think in part I mean they obviously oftentimes deserve it but they get um they just don't get the recognition they deserve from the academy. Antonio's different because he's a celebrity in America. So I think he, I think he's more likely to get nominated and more, it's not like because he's a celebrity, but he's, people are more likely to watch his movies because he's famous. And, you know, he's, he's Zorro. He's he's huge in America. Everybody knows Antonio Banderas' his name. Uh, uh, at least anyone, everyone born before, like, 2000. And, like, we grew up loving the guy. But as a kid, I didn't realize how great of an actor he is. And he really is a highly talented, extremely impressive actor. This is one of his best performances. Although Pain and Glory, I think is his best performance and i would say that he should have actually won the oscar that year i think it was three years ago four years ago that pain and glory came out i think 2019 i think he should have won he's really incredible in that film so if you're going to watch some amodavar movies um start with pain and glory might be a good one to start with and this one too because this one is really crazy now production aside it's all just fantastic this movie is very dark. It's very disturbing. It has humor too, but it's messed up and it's pretty fucked up in a few ways. But if that's your kind of if that if that's your cup of tea, this movie is perfect for you. But I will let you know a little bit of a warning. This will make you feel like holy shit, that's fucked up and holy crap, I can't believe this is happening. It's that kind of movie. So if you if you if you can't stomach disturbing stuff, I'm not talking like gore. I'm not talking Saw. I'm not talking blood and guts. I'm talking just like the idea, the concept, what's happening in this film, the uh, the uh, complex situation that these characters are involved in. It is very disturbing. And it's I think it's really harrowing and just raw. And I remember when I watched this film after it was over, I was like, holy fuck, that was crazy. But I like that kind of stuff, so I love this film. I'm all about the reason why I love foreign films and I know it's like a running joke on the show. I love foreign films because they they don't pull their punches. American films, especially Hollywood, the movies are becoming so tame. They're not taking any chances. The fear of offending people is just limiting the storytelling um abilities of the people making movies in Hollywood. So, I think that movies are just like becoming more and more tame and less and less exploratory in you know, art is supposed to Artists are supposed to be free to push the envelope to, to to push the boundaries of like what's acceptable. And it, I think it's totally, I think it's okay for art. Whether you're you're a painter, or a musician, or a filmmaker, or a photographer, whatever. I think it's important to have the freedom to do whatever you feel is what your what your story is. And if that's making a story that challenges people, a story that you know makes people uncomfortable. If if it makes people feel squeamish or if it makes them feel angry at you and if it makes even if it makes people hate you I think that's totally fine because that's art and that's life and so it's important for films and stories which reflect real life to you know show all the facets of humanity you know human humanity's stories not all sugar-coated there's darkness and there's lightness so I'm all for artists having the freedom to do whatever they want with a film and I think that's why European cinema is much better than American cinema nowadays because they still have that freedom. They're not afraid to do this. They're not afraid to, uh, push the, the envelope. They're not afraid to make a movie that it's going to offend people and it's going to cause controversy. You know, there are a lot of European filmmakers who do that on purpose. Like they want to drum up controversy and they want people to attack them because they think that, you know, that's true art. You know, we shouldn't be all, um, in our safe spaces, you know, kitty corners, you know, um, the bowling alley with the uh, the walls on the sides the bumpers like life is messy so it's okay for movies to be messy too and if if you don't like those kinds of movies then um, just don't watch them that's what my opinion is and especially with European cinema they have just this fearless attitude of telling these amazing stories that are difficult to watch and this is one of them Almodovar has been doing this his whole career it's what defines him. Uh, he's his earlier films, especially like he's got some really crazy concepts and some really intriguing I, characters in situations that you don't see in American movies. But it's what makes his movies so special, I think. And but this is just what I like as an audience member when I watch a movie. I love everything from you know a Jason Bourne movie, which I lost watched last night, to a fucked up Spanish film like this. I like I love them all, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. So. If these kinds of movies get under your skin, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, maybe this isn't the movie for you. For you, But if you like these kinds of crazy movies, you have to watch The Skin I Live In. I cannot recommend it enough. And I, I know I didn't talk too much in depth about the film. That's because I don't want to spoil it for you because the twist is so shocking, so amazing, so brilliant and genius. You never saw it coming. I just think that if you wanna be surprised, go and watch the skin I live in. I, I don't believe it's available for free anywhere, like many foreign titles, but I believe you can rent it on Amazon for I think three ninety nine or you can stream it illegally. I won't uh I won't tell anyone, so I'd recommend you do that. So this is my official review for the skin I live in. Nine out of ten. Truly amazing movie. Almotivar. He should be on your radar as a foreign filmmaker, terrific, brilliant Spanish filmmaker. Um, please watch this movie; it'll make you. It, you'll. Ne- you. You won't stop thinking about it. I. I watched it a month ago, and I'm still like, man, I can't believe that happened. In the skin I live in, like to this to like yesterday, I said that to myself, and that's why I did this review because I'm just like, man, I can't believe this movie; it's unbelievable. Uh, but anyways, thank you for listening to to my rant on this amazing film. We actually have. Some great episodes coming up. So we just did a Jackie Chan episode on Monday, and then tomorrow we have a very special Harry Potter episode. We haven't talked about Harry Potter in a while. Uh, we've been trying to space it out so that we're not like too Harry Pottery. But we are very excited for you to listen to our episode tomorrow. We're do we're talking Harry Potter father figures, and so if you're familiar with the books and the movies, you know that he has a lot of father figures that he he um, looks up to up to in place of his deceased father who he never met, and so. James and I had an awesome discussion about all these amazing characters that JK came up with and the terrific performers that played the characters in the live-action adaptation. So I hope you enjoy that episode. It'll be out first thing tomorrow. And in the meantime, thank you for listening. Remember, subscribing, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts helps us out so much. And if you want to join the Patreon for extra perks and bonus episodes, feel free to do that. It all helps us out so much, and we really appreciate you all. Take care.